Hello and welcome to the All In Football Podcast Euro Special Part 1. The boys are back in town and alongside myself, Alex Rex, the self-proclaimed FPL guru who is currently resisting creating draft teams for the new Premier League season. The FPL game was launched this week. Uh, all-round football connoisseur Thomas Hughes, who I'm genuinely concerned may have lost all of his hair by the end of the Euros, if England keep winning 1-0. And EFL expert Scott Williams, who is currently plotting his route around the country to follow his beloved Scunthorpe United fight relegation from the Football League. This week, we'll be discussing the obvious, all things England, and a quick touch on the rest of the tournament itself. If you'd like to get in touch with us, please find us at Instagram, at allinfootballpod, and allinfootballp on Twitter. Right, how are we feeling, lads? Is it a positive, solid start? We've qualified in two games, we've scored two goals, non-conceded, and what looked like our main weakness at the beginning of the tournament has actually been our greatest strength, with the best yet to come? Or is it the negative? A lack of courage, a lack of progressive play, negative tactics against weaker opposition, and a toothless derby display against Scotland and underperforming attackers. Tom, how do you feel? Well, I share your concern for my own hairline. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, I don't think I don't think I'll be able to take a, a whole tournament of uh, one nils and uh, and scraping through results. But yeah, I have, I've, I think I've I calmed down during games. Immediately after them, I'm absolutely raging. You know, I I thought we were really really poor against Scotland. You know, just no no kind of conviction. And then the Czech Republic game. I know some people thought we were better and there were bursts. There were little periods where we were, but the second half was absolutely crap. I mean, we didn't create anything. Um, And like you say, for me, it's a lack of courage um, in some of the play and some of the the tactics, but we'll go on to that. Um, That being said, I do understand where he's coming from in terms of trying to set the team up for progression, for consistency in the, in the knockout rounds where you can't uh, play as expansive, you know, you have to, you have to keep those clean sheets. So, I'm kind of, uh, I, I guess I'm a meh, Alex. I'm meh. I'm neither, <laughs> I'm neither really happy or really unhappy. I'm just, I just don't know what to expect from the Germany game. What do you think, Scott? Do you concur? Uh, do you concur? No, I totally disagree with Tom. If I'm completely honest, um, <laughs> I think Tom's got used to watching an expansive Leeds United team this year and expecting us to play similar. Um, yeah, I think the first half we it wouldn't wouldn't have been silly to say we could have been freeing a lot. Uh, Kane, great save from the keeper, obviously the goal, and then Sterling hitting the woodwork. Three chances, which any other day would be freeing a lot, and we're absolutely cruising that game. Let's not forget in three group games, we've hit the woodwork in like the first 10 minutes in every single game. They go in, it's a totally different game, isn't it? Um, yes, we've not been expansive enough, we haven't played unbelievable football, but this in World Cup qualifiers against San Marino and Liechtenstein, these are the best teams in Europe that come in together. I know it's a bigger tournament, but still, you look at your hungries showing yesterday that, do you know what, the teams out here just to be rolled over. We can't just arrogantly come in and say we're going to roll teams over. And I think the fact that we've grinded these results out, and do you know what, we, you, don't win a, you don't win a tournament in the group stage, you win it in a knockout. So we've got ourselves into a knockout game. Tough game on Tuesday, but, you know, we, we turn up, it's at home. And, you know, I, I, I fancy this, to be fair. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a fair point. I mean, actually, when you when you... I think this is something we really struggle with as a nation when we think look at our football team, though, isn't it? Like we, every every nation looks at their football team under a microscope and uh, in a real detail. And if you actually if you actually think about it and you look at 
every team that's in the tournament so far, you're going to look at Netherlands, Belgium and Italy. Maybe those are the only three nations that will probably look at their teams and go that they've played incredibly well. And Belgium have been a little bit patchy. So um, if, if any other team in the Euros had done what England have done so far, I think we'd probably look at them, let's say if it was Germany or whatever, and be going, oh, they're, they're ticking along nicely. Mm, you know, exactly. we, and uh, yeah, I, I can't lie, I, I'm disappointed in the, in the Scotland game, but I do think that that was a lot more to do with um, the fact that it was a derby and it was hyped up so much rather than if it was just any other team We've got a point. We've navigated the tournament, and we could, we've got to to the next uh, the next round with the game to spare. So, um, I, I I wanted to ask you, Scott, about the mindset of the players. Do do you think because obviously there's a big there's a, there's been a big debate. I've read an article on the Athletic for an example about it being a tactical decision not to play progressive football, whereas Gary Neville was adamant that that was the players' decision on the day against Scotland. But do you think the players actually think they can win it? I think the vast majority of them can. You've got winners in the team. You've got te- you've got players that have won Champions Leagues and Premier Leagues, and you know done won cups in Germany. So I think you've got a winning mentality. I think players today are a lot different than the golden generation of Beckham. You know that that golden generation there, where some of them squad players probably didn't have that mentality. Kids today like your Foden's and your Mason Greenwoods. I know he's not in the squad, but they they're grown up with this mentality that yeah, I'm good enough. That's why I'm here. I do think they can potentially added pressure because we are playing at basically a home tournament. But I feel like they do know we can, you know, play. I think I think we're going to see a different England on Tuesday. We play. We seem to play better against the better teams. So um, I, I think our sort of style, maybe that bit more of a counter attacking, using that pace um, with your Sterlings and you know your, your Fodens, etc. Um, I think they're going to look dangerous against Germany. But do I think? They think they can win it. Yeah, I think they can, just because the majority of them have won. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I think it's a, it's a really, it's a really fair point. Um, it, performances so far, though, Tom, obviously you touched on them in the in your introductory bit, uh, but the Scotland performance in particular. Do you think the fans were right to be frustrated, or was it just an overreaction, and and it was actually the right way to navigate a tournament? Do you know what my gut feeling my 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 real opinion is that we probably should have gone for it a bit more in that game um i think straight after that game me and you both said alex and gary neville seemed to disagree with this afterwards but i, I just cannot see how it wasn't the case that the fullbacks had been told specifically not to overlap um in pretty much all situations which mm. if you don't do that you're not going to drag the, a, a deep line defense out of position um, yeah. You know, we had Sterling on the uh, the way we approached that game. We knew Scotland were going to sit deep, and we had Sterling on the pitch. And don't get me wrong, Sterling's been brilliant. So um, I'm not having to go at Sterling, but he doesn't really go round men. He, he's good in uh, in big spaces in behind. Um, I think mm. we really wanted to go at that game. You know, we we would have gone with players like Sancho and stuff like that that can take a man on. Um, so I was disappointed with the Scotland performance because I don't think we really asked many questions of them the entire game. And I do get what you're saying. It's a derby game. And yeah, we got a point and it's great. I know Gareth Southgate did not want to lose that game. He went into that and he was just like, I'm not losing this game, which I, I get, I do get. But ultimately, it is England-Scotland. And actually, 
there was a lot of fans in that stadium, a lot of fans watching in England. They do want to see some of that talent let loose in a game like that, at least for parts of it. And I think in the first half, definitely, we could have been more expansive. Uh, you, if, you, can, if you need to tighten up after that, fair enough. You can say the players, I, 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 I agree to a certain extent that he didn't want to lose the game, absolutely. But there's still 11 players on a football pitch that are good enough every single day to beat that Scotland team. Mm-hmm. So they should have beaten them, regardless of what tactics they should be beating them. We've still got players in an attacking area, regardless if the fullbacks are overlapping. Your Grealishes and well, not Grealish, you didn't really play, but you know your Harry Kane's, etc. They should be beating your bloody uh, Grant Hanleys and beating them every single time. So yeah, he didn't set them up great, but still, they should be beating bloody Scotland. Let's be I, honest. I, I do agree with you, and there was a lot of people getting carried on the pitch. In that game, you know, there was a lot of, I can't think of many players that really covered themselves in glory that day. I don't think anyone, maybe, maybe only Pickford. Um, And if you're saying that only Pickford covered himself in glory, it tells you what the rest of the team did. So I do think some of the, some of the, some of it has to go on the individual players, but I think the mindset is set by the manager. And if, um, you know, he's gone into it with a conservative approach, does that rub off on the players and, um, yeah, I just thought I thought I did. I didn't. I don't think Scotland had to do a great deal to make it difficult for us. Is I guess what I'm saying. Um, I, all credit to them because they were brilliant, solid, didn't make mistakes, but um, they didn't have. We didn't. They didn't have to really work for it on the day. I don't feel. I think if they play like that in the knockouts, I think they've got a decent chance. Scotland, to be fair. Bless <laughs> <laughs> them. Uh, I, I do. I do agree to, to a certain extent. I think. It, it's also the fans that are who watch these games that makes a really big difference to the to the media reaction as well. So with England in the Euros, in a derby game against Scotland, it's not the same as when United play City because you know it's just it's just a, it's a different. We haven't played them in a major tournament since 1996, and all of these people who never watch football will watch that game of football, and off the back of that. There tends to be so much negative press, and then, then the, the then the guys who watch football all the time tend to jump on the back of it and, and jump all over it, uh, and it then like snowballs into something that's absolutely massive. And yeah, don't get me wrong. I mean, you, you mentioned it yourself there. Tom Sterling's great when he plays in behind. I mean, the amount of times he dropped deep in that game, picked up a ball, and did nothing, and never fed the wide players actually did my head in. I was like, you, you're so much better in behind. We we never asked a question in in that game. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I, I found it a really frustrating watch, but and I do think Scotland do deserve a lot of credit and did play really well. Um, that actually kind of leads on perfectly to the next point, though, Scotty. I wanted to ask you about Southgate's tactics in the tournament so far, yeah. and and what has he got right this tournament? Yeah, so I mean, the thing he's got right this tournament is the defence, isn't it? The biggest concern out of every England fan for the past year has been our defence. Um, I think we feel we've been quite lucky that we've had Harry Maguire, who's had a brilliant season, and then a revitalised Stones coming into the squad, uh, and then an abundance of left backs and right backs, and then you know Pickford on form. But he set them up to not concede. You know, with your Declan Rice and your Phillips in there, and we've looked unbelievably solid. But Pickford's made two saves in the three games, um, so yeah, defensively brilliant. I agree with what Tom said. He set us up now to play this way for the whole tournament. So mm-hmm. playing playing that way against your Germany, I think we'll see. I actually think we'll see more exciting England because we will be looking to probably counter them a bit more. 
Um, but yeah, I, I think what he's done well is, and, and I know we want to see Sancho's and Grealish's a bit more, but I think he's made some big calls. Um, but let's let's be honest, no one in the country thought Saka were playing. What mm-hmm. a call that is from him. Let's be honest, let's give him a bit of credit. He was man of the match, star of the match, whatever you um, <laughs> UEFA call it. And yeah. it, it was fantastic. So fair play to Gareth. He's made some big calls. And you know what? He's he's done all right. We're unbeaten. We haven't conceded. And then, yeah, we've just got the uh, the Germans on Tuesday, haven't we? Yeah, I think it's hard to say he's got... It's easy for me to say I've not been happy with the performances, but I can't say that he's got the tactics necessarily wrong because he's got two wins and a draw. So mm-hmm. it's pretty hard to say, okay, he's got it wrong. But um, I do think that the real analysis of that group game will come from how we do against Germany. Because if we lose to Germany and we go out and we've seen four games and two goals from him, I'm, I, I worry for him. I don't think he'll keep his job on the back of that. Um, mm-hmm. But if we beat Germany, you know, 1-0, and we go through that round, it paints a different picture, doesn't it? So I think that that next game is critical to the story, the group stages, because it's either a massive success or a huge failure. It totally is. And that leads me on perfectly to the, the Germany game. And we'll have a quick chat about that itself as well. And Tom, coming to you first of all, what do you think our chances are of going through? Well, I, th- I think based, I'm going to contradict myself a bit here, but the work that he's done in setting us up as he has in the group stages, has, I do agree with Scott that it's going to set up set us up well for the Germany game because I think part of the reason we've probably struggled going forward is because we've not been committing a lot of players forward and been relying on pace on the counter and stuff like that. Um, but when you're playing against teams that tend to sit back and uh, play in defensive blocks like Scotland and Czech Republic did against us, you're probably not going to really find the space to do that against a team like Germany who will probably push up a little bit more we may have a little bit more luck um, getting players like Sterling in behind. It'll probably be a bit more open um, from from the opposition perspective. I don't think we'll be more open, but I think it'll be more open from the, the opposition we're playing. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know. It's so hard to call. Germany have been uninspiring as well. Uh, they concede. Um, it's just whether we can we can get a goal. I think it's. I don't think we're going to go out and win three nil. Um, I think if we win, it's going to be one nil, two one, that kind of result. They've been totally the opposite sort of games, haven't they? I mean, they've scored six goals and they've have they conceded five. I think it is. Um, and uh, and and they've five, yeah, yeah, five. Thank you, Scotty. And and they, you, I expect them to have the ball a lot. They've been the and only Spain have had more possession than them in the whole tournament, and they played in the group of death. So I know a lot of possession came against Hungary, but they played uh, Portugal and France, and they've still got the second most amount of possession in the tournament. So well, we, we we all know possession isn't everything, and um, you know we we didn't have a lot of possession against Czech Republic for a long period of it. I know we I don't know what the possession stats were, but we didn't dominate the ball. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just more about how you use it, isn't it? I think we do we do have the players and the capacity to to hurt Germany. You know, I'm not being funny, but we've got the attacking players to hurt them. Um, it's just whether we can get them in the right spaces and uh, whether we can defend. And it looks like we can, whether we can defend for the entire 90 minutes and keep them out. They were going out until six minutes before the end of that hunger game. Like the, the, this is, if oh, and I mean maybe it's really tempting fate, but you know, is there going to be a better opportunity for us to to beat Germany in a, in knockout tournament football? Yeah, that's, that's tempting fate. Wow, you know this 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 team. 
Some people have said they struggled to put the ball in the net, but they scored six goals. I, I don't know. Scott, who has to start in this game? Who needs to play and what formation do you think we should play? It's a tough one. I think formation-wise, we stick with what we played. Um, we've said it before and Tom's reiterated it. We've, we've, got a, we've got a style now. We've got that set up. That needs to be the way we're going to play. Um, with the Kane, the two two out, one sitting behind and then probably Calvin, De- two out of Calvin, Declan and uh, Jordan Henderson in, in that sort of holding in between the back four. Yeah. Um, I think that's the tactics. That's the formation. It's tough. Kane's going to start. I, I think he should. Um, I think I was reading today, potentially like a trippier, just for that set piece delivery. Um, it's a tough one. He's going to. He's probably going to play Sterling. He's. I mean, he's the only guy who scored for us in this tournament. Foden, I think, yeah. will come back in the team. Um, and I would like to see Grealish again play. Um, but then, how do you sort of leave Saka out? It's a good dilemma to have. It's not one. I think when we've gone into tournaments in the past, we've had a good, very good eleven, but. Have we ever looked at that bench and gone? I can't remember many England games where I've gone. Oh, we have got this person, this person, this person, this person on the bench. Yeah, game changes. Yeah, yeah game it changes. doesn't. You've got what? You got Danny Mills bringing him on. That's not particularly exciting, <laughs> is it? Um, Darius Fassell. Um, so it, the squad then <laughs> this year, especially going forward, is incredible. Um, I'm just excited. Look, the last time we probably beat a big team in the knockout stages is probably Euro '96 when we beat Spain on pens. Because let's be honest, we didn't beat any big teams last time. Um, and we've not beaten any big teams in a knockout game for a long, long, long time. So the confidence we'll get from if we win that, I think it's going to be unbelievable, isn't it? So yeah, same same tactics. And then, yeah, yeah it's just, uh, let's just have a go, shall we? It links perfectly to what I wanted to ask you, Tom. So how big is it to have Maguire and Henderson back fit? And do they go straight into the starting lineup for a game of this magnitude? Uh, it's great to have them back, but no. Yes on Maguire, no on Henderson. I mean, I will be honest, I was one of the people that didn't think Henderson should even go. If you haven't played a game of professional football for going on, what, four or five months by the time you go, why are you going? And I know that he's he's clearly a leader. I would not dispute that at all. He's clearly a leader, clearly has a good impact on the players. You know, does he start against Germany in the biggest knockout? And do you mix it up after you've you've tried to build something in the group stages? I think if he if he does bring in Henderson for Rice or Phillips, he contradicts what he's been trying to do, um, mm-hmm. trying to build that solid base. Because actually, when Henderson came on, we lost a bit of stability. Rice didn't have an especially game, a special good game against Czech Republic. But when he went off, we lost all kinds of shape uh, mm-hmm. because Rice and Phillips have got used to working together over those three games. Henderson comes in, it's a different player, a different approach, and I could see him on the pitch bossing players around. That's great, but the shape went a little bit. Um, so I don't think he will bring in Henderson. I think if we see Henderson, it'll be as a sub again. Absolutely, Maguire should play. Yeah, definitely, 100%. What do you think, Mount? What do you think, Mount? What hill will he play in? I don't think you should play Mount if he's not training with the team during the, during the week. Uh, just being fit isn't good enough. You know, you need those extra days to get the chemistry, get the connection. We've already seen that, you know, it's not quite clicking in those attacking areas. So another week where he's not in part of that, for me, is not good enough. And uh, like Scott said, Grealish, how can you say no to Grealish at the moment? I just, um, I think he's a player that has the ability to do something special in a game for us. I think personally, um, on this one, I think he drops Foden and starts Saka. 
um, and then brings Foden off the bench. I think Saka has just proven himself in that game to, and he's earned his spot. I think he was. I'm actually be more shocked if. Well, actually, no, I won't be more shocked because I think Southgate has his has his players that he really likes. But I, but I'd be. I think Saka deserves to start more than Grealish does personally. Um, I think he was absolutely outstanding in that game of football and really showed uh, the lads how they needed to play. And I think Sterling would have got dropped, but never. But he's obviously the only one that scored. So uh, you can't get rid of him, can you? Um, lads, uh, what are our verdicts? How far do you think we can get in this tournament? Tom, you first. Well, we can still technically get to the final, Alex. So, um, <laughs> uh, you don't think, we, you don't I think just, we're going to win there? I, d- I don't want to speculate because it doesn't really... It, you know, I can say we can go this far or this far. It doesn't, doesn't mean anything. All I want to... Do I think we can beat Germany? I think we've got a great chance, as good a chance as we've any, ever had. Like Scott, I think somebody else said earlier, you know, we've got as good a chance as we ever will have to beat Germany. But I, I don't know how far we can go. It depends. I'll just take the next game and see how that goes. I'm not going to get in the ballpark predicting things now all right scott can you just not be as boring as tom <laughs> oh well, you don't like to speculate you're doing a podcast tom it's your job <laughs> um it yeah it, it's gonna sound silly but if we win beat germany i'd be i'd be gutted gutted not to get to a final i know we've got a dutch and we know we've got some other good teams let's not write them off mm-hmm. um but i think the confidence boost of finally beating a big team in a knockout sure basically a home tournament as well I think we beat the Germans, we get to the final. Can't say we're going to win it. There's too many good teams that other side of the draw, but we beat the Germans, win the final. I uh, I agree, Scott. I think we beat the Germans. I think we'll make it to the final, and I think it'll be against Belgium or France. And ah, but that's I a risk. Sure. I, I, I can't be that optimistic because my <laughs> I, the problem is the problem is it's not that I don't think we can do it. It's that I don't want to get my hopes up. Well, let me run through the draw, lads, uh, and where we're up to um, with the last 16. So on our side of the draw, it's we'll play, if we beat Germany, we'll play the winner of Sweden, Ukraine. And then if we get to the semi-finals, we'll play either Netherlands, Czech Republic, or Wales, or Denmark. The other side of the draw looks incredibly tasty. Belgium, Portugal. And the winner of that will play the winner of Italy and Austria. And then France, Switzerland, and Croatia against Spain. So a couple of 50-50 ties over that side. Um, what a tournament it's been! The the obviously the the the, the sad the, the incident that happens with Christian Eriksen, and obviously we're so so glad that that was a, we've had an outcome there which wasn't tragic, um, and that he's okay. So best wishes to him. I'm sure he listens to the podcast. Um, and um, obviously, there's all the things that have happened with Arnautovic and the racism. Then there's been the the the, the, the rainbow flag on the Allianz Arena and all sorts of nonsense that's been going on. Um, but also, there's been some really, really good football, mm-hmm. and I've really enjoyed watching football every single day and international football at its uh, a really top level. Um, Scott, who's really stood out for you in this tournament, and who has potentially disappointed you? Yeah, so I, I, I agree. I think it's been a brilliant tournament. I think there were some worries, wasn't there, that the players were going to be tired coming into it. But bloody hell, they've, there's been some great performances out there. I think as a whole, the, the lesser, the minor countries have really impressed me. I know North Macedonia got no points, but bloody hell, they seem to be in every game and they were playing actually some pretty good football. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got some other teams such as Sweden topping that group with Spain. And that's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah. Um, 
Player-wise, I mean, you've got CR7 doing it at 36, is he? Uh, top goal scorer, it's ridiculous. Um, I hope he carries on because I've got a little tenor on that. Um, for the boy Forsberg at Sweden as well. I know he's been around quite a long time, but he's absolutely uh, doing bits. And I will just say, pretty much the whole Italian team, but Verratti when he came in the other night, oh my days. I, I had him down as a bit of a, bit of a half-tackling midfielder, but... Jesus, he can pick a ball out and he can dictate that game. Unbelievably impressed with that. Um, um, yeah, some some disappointment. I mean, Harry Kane. Let's uh, let's let's not uh, <laughs> let's not go uh, any other way. But Harry Kane on that one. Um, yeah, there's, there's there's been a few, I guess, disappointments. But I think majority of the big players sort of have turned up. Um, and I say, this majority of the team, big teams that you would expect to be in a lot of stages are there. So. It's knockout football now. It's this is when it gets a bit tasty, isn't it? I can't wait. I think you'd have probably said that Spain were one of your disappointments of the tournament until the Bravkin mm. banged the ball into yeah. his own goal, which I think Newcastle fans are still blaming Steve Bruce for. If I'm honest, anything to get at him. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I think Poland for personally for me um, mm. are probably one of the bigger disappointments. I thought they'd do better. Turkey, obviously, a massive disappointment. They were terrible. Yeah, just, just absolutely awful. Um, and one of the biggest positives just has has to be Hungary really, really showing a, a great fight in the group of death. I mean, they, they, I think they were ahead for more minutes than any other team in that group of death in matches. Right. That 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 was one of the one of the many statistics that I love to look at. Um, they were actually ahead for more minutes than any of the other teams in the group, and that was crazy. We've had ninety four goals, two point six two per match, thirty four minutes a goal. So we haven't been short of them. Uh, Tom, who stood out for you? Who's been your disappointment? Yeah, I think as a team, Italy have been brilliant, probably specifically on that team. Someone like Locatelli has been great. Um, Hungary, uh, I think you've mentioned them all, to be honest. It's hard to really um, to pick out anyone else. I think Italy have probably been the best. I don't think anybody thought they performed quite as strongly as they have. Seven goals, uh, zero conceded. Um and kind of justifying a lot of the pundits' picks for them as uh, kind of the, the the team to win it. Um, probably in terms of disappointment, I, I, I guess France, from a perspective that I thought that they just, I, I thought the performances haven't been that convincing. Um, so I don't think that they've really hit top gear yet. I guess that's probably should probably be concerning for everybody. Um, but I, I don't think France have really blown me away as of yet. Obviously, I'm still horrified about the thought of playing them but I'm just uh, I just don't think they've been unbelievable um, interestingly I know Harry Kane has been disappointing but I don't actually blame him for that I think that the feeding into him has been has been pretty poor I think my my disappointment would be England's right backs we've got so <laughs> many good right backs and I don't think any of them have done particularly well yet mm-hmm. yeah I'll yeah. just throw one more name out there that I've just just come back to me uh, when Alden well, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's his performances and goals and contributions been incredible. And uh, the best, the best striker for me, one of the best strikers in Europe right now, Lukaku. I love watching him play. What a player! Oh, he's been brilliant. He's so so yeah. powerful. Oh, he really is. And and I think um, it, it, I'm going to ask you guys the question: Who do you think makes it through the other side of the draw to obviously play <laughs> England in the final? Um, uh, Michael, uh, yeah, I think even though Belgium have what would be a ridiculous run to make it through to the final in terms of teams that they're going to play. They'd have to be 
Portugal, probably Italy, and then probably France to then get to the final. But I think they look, with De Bruyne back, like I think they're the favourites personally. So I think they'll get to the final to play England, and I think we'll have a great game. Uh, I won't bother even asking you, Tom, will I? You'll just sit on the fence. No, Scott. no, no. I'll, give you, I'll, give, I'll give you an answer on this one. I'll, <laughs> go I'll, on, go I'll, on. I think it'll be Italy. Okay, all right. Italy? I'm going to go for France. Oh, I love it. I love I love it. Everyone different on that side. Um, great stuff. Well, I'll uh, we'll wrap it up there, lads. Thanks for uh, thanks for taking the time tonight to sit down sit down together and uh, and review the tournament. Um, I know we'll be uh, back together again after uh, after hopefully football has come home. Um, we'll uh, we'll release the podcast, and if you want to get in touch with us, then uh, we'd love to hear from you on Instagram at All In Football Pod and obviously All In Football P on Twitter. Good luck, England. Let's bring it home. And uh, hopefully next time you speak to, we speak to you, uh, we'll be lifting the trophy at Wembley. Bye for now. Come on, England!